Hello comrades, this is your comrade Zach Wiseman, host of government-sponsored program Communist Folding Chairs, mandated by the Kremlin to occur every Monday 2 to 4 p.m. Broadcast by our comrades at mutinyradio.fm. Sit, relax, listen to my comrades in stand-up comrade march honorably through their cold balance sets, and other comrades make fun of them. Because in Mother Russia, if you can't laugh about starving for turnip and beet and attention, you are a capitalist pig, and the KB- KGB will visit you shortly. Every Monday, 2 to 4 p.m. Tillery. You might slip, you might slide, you might stumble and fall by the roadside, but don't you ever let nobody drag your spirit down. Yeah, we're walking up the heaven, my brother. Don't let nobody turn you around. Walk with the rich. each other that's what love is for don't you let
the way to shit. What's the way to win, flow? Good morning to you. That was uh, the introduction. First, first song played. Here's another one. You got to serve somebody. Yes, you are. You're gonna have. 
to serve somebody. Serve somebody. Well, it may be the devil, or it may be the Lord, but you're gonna have to serve somebody. Serve somebody. Maybe a construction worker working on a home. Might be living in a mansion. You might live in a dome. You may own guns and you may even own tanks. You may be somebody's landlord. You may even own banks. But you're gonna have to serve somebody. Serve yes, somebody. you're gonna have to serve somebody. Serve somebody. Well, it may be the devil, it may be the Lord, but you're gonna have to serve somebody. Maybe a city councilman taking bribes on the side. Maybe working in a barber shop, you may know how to cut hair. It may be somebody's mistress, maybe somebody's heir. But you're gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, you're gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, you do. You got to serve somebody. That, of course, was Bob Dylan, and uh, we seated uh, Bob Dylan with Linda Tillery and the Cultural Heritage Orchestra. Don't let nobody turn your spirit down. This is Labor and Love Mutiny Radio. From 10 to 12 every Saturday morning, we broadcast live, and our shows are archived at mutinyradio.podcast.com or some such thing. Yes. 
So, this is Labor and Labor Magazine, where we tell you how it is. We say that if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. Yeah, we tell you. We tell you, if you don't have a seat at the table, at the negotiating table where you work, you're probably on the menu. You can bet on that. Three, never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. And when I say labor, I mean you. Labor history is your history. Okay, let's continue on here with some music. Uh, one of the uh, topical songs by Prince. We lost just last week. Prince. Well, let's listen to a little piano music here while Prince is getting ready. Now this is called Baltimore. Accelerating so he would fall and tumble against the walls inside the paddy
programming to bring you up to date on a developing situation in Los Angeles. Okay, so that that was Prince, uh, that last song we heard, that was Prince and his anthem to the victims of police brutality in Baltimore. Um, And a very kind of uh, optimistic end to it there um, that yes we all can get together and have a, a just world without hurting one another something like that uh, Prince wrote that kind of stuff uh, we played one of his last week uh, about a similar a similar theme have to check that out. We might have that on today. Okay, so this is Labor and Love, and uh, welcome the show where we tell you how it is. We've got a little bit of everything here today. We've got the worst disaster, factory disaster, in many years. We've got working class history. Where is Wernicke? We've got the cowboy strike in 1883. Did you say cowboy? Yes. Cowboys went on strike. We got our regular features, radio labor and labor notes. And we got a whole lot more. We got an interview with our campus correspondent. And uh, she'll be on a little bit later. Okay, let's see here. Mm, This is two days before May Day. um, May the 1st, International Workers' Day. One day, actually. International Workers' Day. And I uh, heard an interesting talk by a guy who talked about not only the red the revolutionary implications of May Day, but um, also the green ones. So that May Day was celebrated in 1627 or something by some renegade Puritans who 
danced around the Maypole. It was a time of uh, regeneration, you know. Spring is back. We made it through the winter. And they danced around the Maypole with uh, Native Americans, with escaped slaves, um, all these people together, Indians, yeah, Native Americans. So this was the Maypole of Marymount. And of course, the, the mainstream Puritans couldn't hear of this, couldn't hear about people dancing around outside and having a great old time <laughs> celebrating the earth. So they went over and shut it down. This was the devil's work as far as they were concerned. And of course, May 1st is celebrated because it's the anniversary of a, an incident, an incident that uh, very clearly defines uh, a lot of things that were going on at that time. Uh, May 4th, a group of, of people got together around the eight-hour day, and uh, there was a talk, and someone threw a bomb place was very tightly policed. Someone threw a bomb. Uh, police arrested hundreds of people, beat them. Uh, eventually, eight people were accused of the crime. One policeman was killed by the bomb. Um, eight people, the Chicago Eight, the original Chicago Eight, and uh, among them was Albert Parsons, husband of Lucy Parsons, one of the great radical agitators of her day. Um, and these people, four of them were executed, four were pardoned by Governor John Altgeld, a socialist governor of Illinois. But all around the, all around the earth now, May the 1st celebrates that that Haymarket uh, demonstration, the demand for an eight-hour day. So we have two streams. We have two things to celebrate. We have an ancient, it goes back beyond the, the Puritans, an ancient celebration, celebrating the return of spring and celebration of the uprisings of working people all over the world, a day that working people all over the world claim for their own and celebrate. So have a happy May Day. Have a happy May Day and uh, remember what you're celebrating the uh, campaigns of working people all over the world to better their lives. The spirit of resistance. Okay. We have... Uh, we played Prince. Uh, now we've got our regular... Workers Independent News broadcast. 
with all the happenings during the week on the national level. Workers Independent News Week in Review. I'm Doug Cunningham. At least 45,000 workers have won class action lawsuit rights in a National Labor Relations Board case against Menards, the Midwest-based home improvement supply store chain owned by Wisconsin anti-union billionaire John Menard, is settling the case with the NLRB rather than trying to fight the charges that his company is violating labor law. OPEIU Local 153 attorney Seth Goldstein filed the charges along with attorney Marissa McDermott. Goldstein says this is a big victory for workers. John Menard, arch critic of Obama, has now endorsed the position of the National Labor Relations Act. I think that the employers are going to fear the Menard settlement because now a major company has acknowledged that class action waivers violate the National Labor Relations Act. Verizon has given approximately 39,000 striking workers what it says is its best and final contract offer. CWA and IBEW negotiators are not pleased or impressed because in the offer, Verizon didn't move very far from its original position on concessions. Verizon makes an average of $1.8 billion a month profit. The Warehouse Workers Resource Center says it expects mass firings of hundreds of workers who have been active demanding better wages and working conditions at Cal Carthage. The firings are expected April 30th at the warehouse serving the Port of Los Angeles. Hundreds of workers are facing the mass retaliation for trying to organize and use their labor rights. The Warehouse Workers Resource Center says this is unacceptable and they believe it's illegal. An online petition has been launched telling the Port of Los Angeles that the firings are unjust and demanding that Cal Carthage retain all the workers who are facing termination. The Teamsters' Rome Alloys says the proposed $100 million class action settlement that drivers made with Uber isn't the end of driver efforts to organize for justice on the job with the multi-billion dollar app-based taxi service. Uber controls the conditions of work for the drivers but classifies them as independent contractors. Misclassification is a giant problem in this country and remains to be seen how that works within this context of uh, the Uber-type company. Lois says the Teamsters are in it for the long haul, finding ways to organize Uber and Lyft drivers as well as port truckers who are also misclassified. UPS pilots supported their German brothers and sisters this week by honoring picket lines at the Cologne airport during a 24-hour strike. Independent Pilot Association spokesman Brian Godet. Anytime there's a legal picket line against UPS and we're in a position to support that other union, we choose to. Cologne is our largest hub in Germany and uh, the German workers there are fantastic and do a great job of taking care of our pilots. We're not going to cross those lines. We're going to honor those lines. Workers Independent News provided by Diversified Media Enterprises. I'm Doug Cunningham. Okay, workers' independent news there. Um, Some news about the Verizon strike that continues on. Uh, Very uh, positive uh, signing Menard. The uh, it's a big um, building supply house. Sort of like uh, Home Depot or something like that. All right, now Radio Labor will tell us about things that are going on in all corners of the earth because you know you're not alone unless you don't stand up. And if you don't stand up, you'll be 
counted as standing up for sitting down. Radio Labor. It's on Radio Labor. This is a Radio Labor World Report recorded on Friday, April 29th, 2016. I'm Mark Belanger. In the report this week, unions in the UK fight against Britain's exit from the European Union. A new labor law in Cambodia will make conditions even worse for the country's unions and workers. Thousands of unionists celebrated International Health and Safety Day and the Labor Start report about union events around the world. This is Radio Labor. Thursday, April 28th, was the International Day to remember workers who have died on the job and remind the world why the fight for better health and safety standards is crucial. One of the most horrible on-the-job industrial accidents took place three years ago when a garment factory building in the Rana Plaza in Bangladesh collapsed. 1,200 workers, mainly young women, were killed. Some 2,500 were wounded. After the disaster, the international labor movement forced clothing brands to support a program called the Accord on Fire and Building Safety to improve the state of garment factories in the country. I talked to Jenny Holdcroft, the policy director of the Global Union Federation Industrial. I reached her just after she participated in a demonstration in Dhaka, the capital of Bangladesh, which called for more government action. I asked her what Industrial and the unions in the country want the government to do. Well, what we really want to do is for government to take over its proper regulatory role. The collapse of the Rana Plaza building and all the deaths that resulted in and the injuries pointed to a lack of governance and that's why the Bangladesh Accord was formed so that immediate action could be taken by the brands and retailers and the global unions to ensure that the factories were made safe. The Accord has made a great many gains in the three years. There's still a lot more work to be done. But meanwhile, we're not seeing that the government is really ready to take over that regulatory role. So it really needs to get its act together to understand what is needed in order to get to the factories to remediate. We have to bear in mind that the Accord covers some 1,500-1,600 factories, but so does the government, which covers the factories that fall outside the purview of both the Alliance and the Accord. And we're not seeing the level of progress there. Those factories are not yet being remediated and so remain unsafe. Some activists have called for a boycott of Bangladeshi goods in order to force improvement of the wages and working conditions of especially the garment workers in the country. What does Industrial think of this tactic? Does it support a boycott of goods from Bangladesh? No, absolutely we don't. Uh, and I don't really see the relationship between stopping buying goods from Bangladesh and improving working conditions. All a boycott will do is make the Bangladeshi garment workers suffer anymore because what they need is jobs. They need decent jobs where they can be safe and where they can have the right to organize a union. But if you take away those jobs completely, you're not doing anything to improve their lives. Cambodia has one of the nastiest labor records in the world, and now things are about to get even worse. Radio Labor's senior correspondent, Seamarie Ainsborough, reports. With the support of international labor organizations, workers in Cambodia are protesting a new labor law. The law was pushed through the National Assembly by the government, despite objections by the UN's international labor organization, the ILO, 
the country's unions, and global labor federations such as Industrial. Even a number of multinational garment brands have said they oppose the law. The newly adopted legislation imposes new limits on the right to strike, allows government intervention into internal union affairs, and permits employers to apply for the dissolution of unions. Cambodia has more than 1,200 garment factories, producing about $6 billion in exports. The factories produce clothes for companies such as Gap and Nike. Women make up most of the country's 700,000 garment labor force. They earn a minimum wage of $4.50 a day. That works out to about 12 cents a t-shirt. The new law has been condemned by the International Trade Union Confederation. The ITUC is the body which represents national union centers at the world level. ITUC General Secretary Sharon Burrell told the media that the government has backed the Anti-Union Employers Federation at every step. It has continually pushed back against decent working conditions and wages. The government and police violence against those fighting for the respect of international workers' rights must end, she said. This is C. Marie Ainsborough reporting for Radio Labour. With the result too close to call, electors in the UK are headed to a June 23rd referendum on continued membership in the European Union. Most of the largest unions in the country, plus the National Trades Union Congress, are campaigning in support of staying in the EU. Supporters of what has been dubbed Brexit, Britain's exit, say that the EU has been pushing government austerity programs which have caused much damage. Frances O'Grady is the General Secretary of the Trades Union Congress, the TUC. She spoke recently to a convention of the National Union of Students about Britain, the EU and the June 23rd referendum. We believe that a Brexit would pose a real threat to workers' jobs, our livelihoods and our rights. Many of the rights that we take for granted, from equal rights for part-time workers to stronger protection against discrimination and, of course, paid holidays, these have been won because unions banded together across borders and we won it through the EU and it's now guaranteed by the EU. Rights that working students rely on and that union agreements build on. Now, I know there are different views about the referendum, and I respect that. And I share the view that the EU is far from perfect, but believe that we can only win change from within. If politicians really want to tackle the problems that workers and students face, then it's simple. Stop the cuts and start investing. Get tough on bad bosses and rip off landlords. And instead of kowtowing to big corporations and the banks, stand up for the interests of workers, students and citizens for a fairer, greener Europe with great jobs and homes at its heart. There is nothing inevitable about the world that we face now. There is nothing inevitable or natural about inequality. The status quo is not the only option. Another Europe, another world is possible. Now here with his report about union events around the world is Labour Star correspondent Derek Blackadder. Here's a small sample of the more than 2,200 stories our volunteers collected last week. Our top story section included links to news about the huge wave of trade union militancy being led by women in India, and a report that concluded that a workplace death happens every 15 seconds somewhere in the world. We had news of strikes and lockouts in dozens of countries. Here are just a few highlights. 
striking municipal workers in South Africa blocked roads to back their demand for safety equipment and a wage increase owed to them since 2011. Bangladesh's ferry system came to a halt as river transport workers protested a lack of progress in bargaining. Junior doctors were off the job in the United Kingdom for two days over threats to impose punishing hours of work and cuts to the health care system. Nigerian state workers resumed their strike in an effort to obtain the five months of wages that are owed to them. Bank workers in Argentina won a huge victory as their strike ended with a 33% wage increase. Hospitality workers in Norway stopped work to back their demand for a change to the structure of bargaining for their industry. Long-distance truck drivers formed blockades in Kenya to protest a lack of security and attacks on them by robbers. As a result, hundreds of motorists were stuck on major highways overnight. And a one-day wage strike by German air transport workers caused the cancellation of over 1,000 flights last week. Our top working women's stories included coverage of a huge pay equity award for Canadian library workers, the ways in which public sector cuts in Australia hurt women more than men, and the efforts unions are making to protect African domestic workers migrating to the Gulf. Our health and safety newswire carried stories to hundreds of union websites around the world about the Nigerian Truckers Union, which is accusing customs officials of extrajudicial killings, workers' Memorial Day ceremonies around the world, and events marking the anniversary of the Rana Plaza factory disaster in Bangladesh. Currently, Labor Start is running seven online actions. Take just a few seconds out of your day and join thousands of trade unionists around the world in helping workers make their lives better, or even help save those lives. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity. Get ready. Oh, people get ready. There's a train coming. You don't need no baggage. You just get up on board. All you need is faith to hear the diesel's humming. You don't need no ticket. You just thank the Lord. Picking up passengers from coast to coast. Faith is a key. Open the doors and pour them. There is hope for all among those loved the most. There ain't no road. Oh, 
pity on those whose chances grow thinner. For there's no hiding place against the kingdom's throne. Oh, 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 oh. 
for love I'm hanging on me push and shove Possession is the motivation That is hanging up The goddamn nation Looks like we always end up In a rut Everybody now Trying to make it real Compared to what Killing hogs, twisted children are killing frogs. Poor dumb rednecks rolling along, tired old ladies kissing the dogs. I hate the human love of that stinking mud. I can't use it, trying to make it real compared to what. what it's for nobody gives us a rhyme or reason half of one doubt they call it treason we're chicken feathers all the way out wonder god damn it I'm trying to make it real compared to what Sunday sleep and nod, trying to duck the wrath of God. Preachers filling us with fright. They all trying to teach us what they think is right. They really got to be some kind of nut. I can't use it. I'm trying to make it real compared to what.
be and where's that honey? Where's my God and where's my money? Unreal values a crass distortion. Unwed mothers need abortion. Kind of brings to my old young King Tut. He did it now, trying to make it real compared to what? Happy May Day to all you working people out there. This is for you.
So that set we had <clears throat> we had um, people get ready. Let's start with the last one. That was, of course, was the Internationale, the International Workers' Song. Words written by one of the survivors of the Paris Commune and uh, set to music. The Internationale will unite the human race. You have been not, you shall be all. After that, we had the great, yeah, I'll say it, the great Les McCann. Les McCann, um, with his composition, compared to what? Uh, joined there by the redoubtable Eddie Harris, a master of uh, woodwinds, jazz instruments. Okay, I want to connect in now with a truly remarkable uh, hip-hop video. You'll get the soundtrack of a poem by a man named Rodolfo Gonzalez, um, otherwise known as Corky Gonzalez, a Chicano organizer in Denver, Colorado, from the very beginning of the Chicano movement in the early 60s. And Rodolfo Gonzalez, besides being a boxer and an organizer and a politico and a teacher, was a poet. And he wrote a song, a poem, pardon me, called Yo Soy Joaquin, I Am Joaquin. And this poem expresses as nothing else that I've seen the experience of the Chicano people in California and in the entire Southwest. So um, this is kind of the, he's kind of the poet laureate of the Chicano movement uh, with this poem. Now there are certain things that everybody should read if you want to see what the experience is of people in <clears throat> the United States, you read they write. I mean, one book that everyone needs to know, needs to learn, needs to read is the autobiography of Malcolm X. A truly revolutionary, truly honest work. That's not to say everything Malcolm says in there is true or everything that he says happened, happened the way it is. But Malcolm X encapsulated the experience of African Americans in the 20th century and expressed it as no one could. Um, so that's one book that everyone should read. And this, this poem that I'm going to play for you, or part of it, Yo Soy Joaquin, is of that caliber. This is something every American should read and know about. There's something historical about ourselves and something about our present and something about our future. 
want to inspire young people to understand themselves and to give them a message, a, a message of unity, a, a message of uh, what a pressure is. Pressure is. Pressure is. In the world of confusion, caught up in a world for gringos is a perfect solution. Torn out by the rules, it's scored my attitude. Suppressed by manipulation and torn by lack of truth. I have come a long way to nowhere. Either you're a poor, full of spirit, or you're rich and you don't care. I'm withdrawn to the safety within the circle of life. My only people who I connect with, and I'm hurting inside. Damn more noble and proud Leader of men No doubt no one is holding me down I am the Mayan prince You might conspire against I am the lion that's ignited by a fire within I am the eagle and the serpent My people serve a purpose We are leaders of this turf My history I need to surface My mind is free My heart is pure One thing's for sure I shall endure yeah. I am Overlook the cleansing fountain of nature to the brotherhood. I am Joaquin. I am the masses of my people, and I refuse to be absorbed. I refuse to be absorbed. I am Joaquin. The odds are great, but my spirit is strong. My faith unbreakable. I am Joaquin. I am the Aztec prince and the Christian Christ. Christian Christ. I am Joaquin. I was a bloody revolution. The victor and the vanquished. The victim and the savage. The indigenous and Spanish in a country that has wiped out all my history and stifled my pride. They may try to divide, but I'm striving to rise. Uno, dos. I will not lose pursuit. My goals, I am the masses of my people, and I refuse to be absorbed. My mind is free, my heart is pure. One thing's for sure, I shall endure. I shall endure. I shall endure. I am Okay, let's see what's happening here. I, yo soy Joaquin. Okay, so that was a hip-hop version of the poem Yo soy Joaquin, I am Joaquin by Rodolfo Corky Gonzalez. And uh, uh, what is the significance of the title Yo soy Joaquin? <clears throat> the scene is... Uh, a small town in California, maybe in the valley, and um, a sheriff, a white sheriff, on a group of uh, Mexicanos, Chicanos, and he has a handbill that says, uh, big reward for Joaquin. So the sheriff says to provoke a response says, oh, Joaquin, Joaquin is chicken. If Joaquin was here, I would kill him. I would kill him. Okay. But 
sort of um, to oppose him, uh, one of the men stands up and says, Yo soy Joaquin. I am Joaquin. Kill me if you can. And then shoots the... They have a duel and he shoots the sheriff and and runs away. The point is that uh, Joaquin is a proud Chicano man. And uh, Yo Soy Joaquin means that, yeah, I'm Joaquin. I'm Joaquin Murieta. That spirit of resistance lives in me. Kill me if you can, almost daring them. Uh, so that's it. Yo soy Joaquin. And it's not just, you know, claiming a name. I wanted to play a little thing by uh, Lenny Bruce here about how society started and how, here it is, how the law got started. And we'll follow that with some Gil Scott Heron and then some Taj Mahal. This is Labor and Love. You're listening to Mutiny Radio, and yeah. coming at you, you know, the law and order. Bruce. The law is like a grocery store. That's where it's at. Yeah. I want protection of law number 63 under order 22. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That was. We all start, and we have a community. Okay, let's see. Uh, we'll have some rules. Solid. Okay. We'll have law. We gotta have some law. All right. What's the law we gotta have? Okay. We'll sleep in area A. That cool? Okay. All right. That's a law. We'll eat in area B. Good. That's a law. Okay. Eat in area C. Good. All right. No. Well, sleep, eat, crap in area C. Right? A, B, C. Eat, sleep, crap. All agreed. All agreed. Okay, that's the law, don't forget it. All right, eat, sleep, and crap. We all agree on it. All right. Now we go to sleep. Guy wakes up with a face full of crap. Pow! <laughs> Say, what's the deal? <laughs> Am I eating in the wrong place or crapping in where I'm sleeping, or what is it? It's a, is this A over here? I got a face full of crap. <laughs> so I don't know, you all. Voted on it and agreed to crap here and. Uh, well, wait a minute. That's. Uh, you know what we did? It's what we did. We had a constitution. That's it. That's that's the rule. We are. We have to have something to enforce it. That's it. Hey, yeah, that's it. We got to. We have to have a remedy. If anybody craps on you, we have to have to wipe it off. Of course, that's it. All right. This is it. The remedy. Okay. If anybody throws any crap on us while we're sleeping or eating, they get thrown in the crap house. That's a remedy that'll keep the crap off us, okay? All agreed? Guy goes, well, everybody gets thrown in the crap house? Yeah. But what if it's an exception? Suppose it's a poor old lady and uh, she couldn't make it to the crap house. And uh, what the hell has that got to do with it? The old ladies. Uh, well, well, oh, you don't understand. This isn't to do with old ladies. This is to keep crap off us. <laughs> and this, I didn't tell you about no punishment. That's, that's enough for the court to listen to it. You think, the old lady, if she's got an excuse for crapping, then she don't pay the penalty. But at least she's got to an answer for the crapping. 
Yeah? All right. Okay, sorry. Now they got to sleep, everybody's happy here. Guy wakes up, face full of crap. Pow! But he wakes up, he sees he's all alone. And he looks, and everybody else is having a big party and singing with candles. And what's the deal? So we had a rule. I'm sleeping with a face full of crap. It's always oh, a religious holiday. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's a holiday. It's religious. Oh, it's bullshit. I'm separating the church and the state right now. Pow. <laughs> There's the law, law, and the church law will be there. But the our law will be the supreme law. Nothing controverts that, all right? Solid, okay. Now they're going along very cool. Now, uh, now guys starts to get bugged because they took turns, see, throwing people in the crap house. It, was, it wasn't a regular thing, like it was a small tribe on weekends. The guy said, okay, you, you got the crap house duty uh, this weekend, you know, anyway, you throw them in the crap house, okay. Now they have a meeting, the guys said, look, I'm having a little problem here. Now, a lot of you guys who get the duty, you come from the outlands there, you work on the farms. When you throw these people in the crap house, you never see them again. But I gotta sell cars to some of these assholes. <laughs> now, when I got the duty and a guy throws crap out of sleep and I throw him in the crap house, when I go to sell him a car, he goes, fuck you. You threw me in the crap house. I said, I didn't throw you in the crap house. I was doing a job. Are you, are you kidding with that? So you don't want to hear that shit. Keep saying that I threw him in a crap house and I can't sell him a car. So no matter what I tell him, it don't work. So we got to get somebody else to throw him in the crap house but me. So let's get somebody who will we'll have a Somebody will enforce the law and that'll just be a department to do that. All right, let's get sorry. Now they start to interview guys. All right, look, here's the job, fellas. We want to get some sleep, that's number one. <laughs> now, we find out without any law, we crap on each other. <laughs> the only thing to save us from each other is law. So, we got to get somebody to enforce it, and we want somebody to throw these people in the crap house and they throw crap house, right? That's that easy. But look, don't do it in front of me. Now, here's a stick and a gun, and you do it. But if I happen to be around, see, and you're going to throw in a crap house, you throw in a crap house, but I'll have to give you some bullshit like, you know, boy, oh boy, Gestapo. <laughs> but it takes a certain kind of mentality to do that work, right? Uh, boy, anybody want to do that to somebody, you know? But you just throw them right in a shithouse, you know? <laughs> And I'll be in the back room. I'll be watching through the Venetian blinds there. You know. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Okay, now you get a few more rules. You know, it gets a little more complex. Another rule, another rule, another rule. Now you got like about, you know, maybe 1,200 laws. Okay, now you get a demonstration, right? Now there's 10,000 people wailing their ass off. Okay, now it goes like, law so-and-so and so, nobody, uh, nobody in public streets, blah, 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 nobody in the post office steps, solid, uh, okay. Garbage patrol, come down. Okay, nobody in the post office steps, get out of here, bap, 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 bap. Okay, now, now you got people just wear sticks and stones, and you got a cop there, who's 23 years old, he's got a short sleeve shirt on, a stick in his hand, people don't get stopper with him. He's got stopper, you asshole, I'm the mailman. What do you want from me? 
not be able to stay home, brother. You will not be able to plug in, turn on, and cop out. You will not be able to lose yourself on Skag and skip out for beer during commercials because the revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by Xerox in four parts without commercial interruptions. The revolution will not show you pictures of Nixon blowing a bugle and leading a charge by John Mitchell, General Abrams, and Spiro Agnew to eat hog moths confiscated from a Harlem sanctuary. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by the shape of a war theater and will not star Natalie Woods and Steve McQueen or Bullwinkle and Julia. The revolution will not give your mouth sex appeal. The revolution will not get rid of the nubs. The revolution will not make you look five pounds thinner because the revolution will not be televised, brother. There will be no pictures of you and Willie Mae pushing that shopping cart down the block on the dead run or trying to slide that color TV into a stolen ambulance. NBC will not be able to predict the winner at 8.32 on report from 29 districts. The revolution will not be televised. There will be no pictures of pigs shooting down brothers on the instant replay. There will be no pictures of pigs shooting down brothers on the instant replay. There will be no pictures of Whitney Young being run out of Harlem on the rail with a brand new process. There will be no slow motion or still lights of Roy Wilkins strolling through Watts in a red, black, and green liberation jumpsuit that he has been saving for just the proper occasion. Acres, Beverly Hillbillies, and Hooterville Junction will no longer be so damn relevant, and women will not care if Dick finally got down with Jane on Search for Tomorrow, because black people will be in the street looking for a brighter day. The revolution will not be televised. There will be no highlights on the 11 o'clock news and no pictures of Harry R. Women Liberationist and Jackie Onassis blowing her nose. The theme song will not be written by Jim Webb or Francis Scott Keyes, nor sung by Glenn Campbell, Tom Jones, Johnny Cash, Engelbert Humperdinck, or The Rare Earth. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be right back after a message about a white tornado, white lightning, or white people. You will not have to worry about a dove in your bedroom, the tiger in your tank, or the giant in your toilet bowl. The revolution will not go better with coke. The revolution will not fight germs that may cause bad breath. The revolution will put you in the driver's seat. The revolution will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised. The revolution will be no rerun, brothers. The revolution will be live.
Yeah. 
Okay, I want to talk about a few more things before our uh, special guest comes on. The uh, Verizon strike, as we heard earlier, goes on into its uh, third week. Some of the issues involved are wages and benefits, but definitely that Verizon workers can be assigned to go and work in other places away from their homes for months at a time. So that means they have to pay for a hotel room and establish themselves in a new community. This is one of the uh, sticking points. Um, how you can support the strike? I'm looking at the Labor Notes website. You can adopt the Verizon Wireless Store and organize a group to picket and leaflet there <clears throat> for a couple hours a day 
And if you're interested in doing that, email or call Dan at dan at labornotes.org. Okay, and the phone number is 617-599-3026. This is if you can put in some time and pick at a Verizon store yourself. Or you can join an active picket line, www.standuptoverizon.com, or call your local Communication Workers of America or International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers office to check which Verizon stores have an active picket line. Spread the word on social media, like the Stand Up to Verizon Facebook page, if you're joining or organizing pickets, take pictures and email them to standuptoverizon at cwaunion.org. Sign the position, petition. Other ideas? Send them to Dan at Labor Notes. Okay, this is a big, meaningful strike. So we all need to help. Labor history, we've got a story about a cowboy strike in Texas. And this is on the Libcom.org website. Cowboys fought the brief but good fight to regain the rights they had lost to greedy or inept corporate ranchers who had taken over the open range. A cowboy then on one of the smaller ranches could take some calves in lieu of pay, in lieu of pay, and, um, pardon me, in lieu of pay and, and uh, start a herd of his or her own. The syndicates came in understanding the business world, but very often little of the ranching life on the plains. Profits tended to be low as their ignorance and speculative fever were high. So as their heirs might do today, they blamed the people who actually did the work for the problem. They cut wages, disallowed horses for personal use, stopped the gathering of mavericks, and offered no more calves for pay. Then they forbade drinking and gambling. This was not much of a life with no stake. Tom Harris was a seasoned and respected hand at the LS Ranch and decided he'd seen enough. He rounded up some men from the LIT, the LX, the LE, and the T Anchor and made out a list of demands. We, the understand, undersigned cowboys of Canadian River, do by these presents agree to bind ourselves into the following obligations. First, we will not work for less than $50 a month. And we furthermore agree that no one shall work for less than $50 a month after the 31st of March. Second, good cooks shall also receive $50 a month. Third, Anyone running an outfit shall not work for less than $75 a month. Anyone violating the above obligation shall suffer the consequences. Those not having funds to pay board 
after March 31st will be provided for for 30 days at Tascosa, which was the main town <clears throat> in the area. 24 cowboys signed the proclamation. Maybe upwards of 300 had some ties to the strike. <clears throat> the LE and T anchor fired the strikers right away. More cunning by far were the LS and LT. They offered piddling increases to cowboys who stayed, and then they fired the rest. Then they picked up the leavings from the other outfits by paying the, only the marginally high wages, at least for a while. So, a Tascosa strike by cowboys help ultimately only marginally, marginally uh, effective. Okay, so we're going to turn now to our live interview. Every uh, every week we have a live interview. Go ahead, say something. Hello. We didn't get it. Hello. Hello. Let's see. Okay. Hello. Hello. Why don't you take this one, number two. Thank you. Much better. Um, thank you for uh, indulging us there while we get our technology together. My guest today is Vita Castaneda Morgan, who uh, last week gave us a very cogent and informative talk about living vegan. Mm-hmm. And this week, uh, Vita's a, Vita is a... Uh, student at UC Davis. So Vita, why don't you just go ahead and talk about what you got? Um, well, as many people have been hearing on the news and on Facebook and news articles everywhere, uh, our chancellor, Linda Katehi, is, well, as of Wednesday, has been relieved of her duties and has been put on administrative leave. So for 90 days... She will be continued to paid her, be paid her average salary of about 426000 a year as the university holds an investigation administered by Janet Napolitano upon large and widespread public uh, outcry and for reform and for change, and it started... Not necessarily started, but it gained a lot of momentum when there were groups of students sitting outside of her office in Rock Hall on the third floor, and they sat out there day and night. Uh, there were professors and different department heads that were against them sitting out there and would come in and scold them and stuff, and they would still stay. Some professors sent pizza. Some some uh, departments sent pizza as well to the student protesters. So they've been getting support. But what ended up happening later on was that an assemblyman, his name escapes me, but he sort of put these kids more on the map and then other more notable figures started to hear about what was going on in Davis and give uh, notoriety to the cause. But also... 
as I've been reading more and more about this case, it seems that there are various uh, things that Linda Katehi has been involved in that questionable. For example, um, her step, no, it's daughter-in-law, her daughter-in-law, uh, works there at the University of Davis, University of California, Davis, and she is staff assistant or staff something to the vice chancellor, which is Adela De La Torre. And this woman's name is Emily Prieto, who is the wife of Linda Katehi's son, Eric. Uh, I don't know how to say his last name, but Eric also has a job there at UC Davis and the student something, I cannot remember the name, but basically as a student assistant researcher and he gets like 23,000 a month or something like that. And this one, uh, Emily Prieto gets a lot of money and over the past two and a half years, she's been getting uh, a lot of pay raises. So Jenna Napolitano put that into question as well. Um, there's also a question about uh, her partnership in a publishing firm. Yeah, the publishing firm that I think they gave or administered textbooks to the school. And basically she was making money off of that system. And there were like two separate ones in which she was like on the board of one of them or something. And then another one in which... Um, she was on the board before, but then she got off of it, and she claims that people like her and in her position hold titles on various boards, and it doesn't necessarily mean anything about this or that. And she's a, caller, a scholar of chemical and engineering or something like that, chemical science and engineering from Greece. So she's very proud of that, and she tries to hold to that when she makes her uh, statements and tries to paint herself as something very different than she is, it seems. Well, um, and of course, the infamous images that flashed across the screens all over America and the world of student demonstrators being uh, pepper, sprayed. pepper sprayed directly right in their eyes by police and then her attempt to did she attempt to cover it up is that it yeah well what happened is that first she sort of took her hands off of it and she said oh no like they shouldn't have acted that way but i didn't have any control over it or that she didn't know or something like that but she did say they shouldn't have acted that way but nothing necessarily happened to the people who did it and but on the internet she paid two separate um like online uh presence companies i guess that sort of help filter what pops up when you search a certain thing so as they have copyright over the name uc davis or whatever uh they i guess they had the ability to somehow go into the internet and revise it so that when you look it up either you cannot find or it's very difficult to find uh the information concerning 
UC Davis and that pepper sprain incident, and you might be more likely to find things about how wonderful UC Davis is and the cows and the solar panels and all these other things that are positive about UC Davis, but we need to embrace both in order to make it better and not just cover it up. Yeah, Napolitan um, Kateki sp spent this money in order to clean up her record, she wanted to get rid of all copies of the film showing these police in what could only be described as a scene out of Nazi Germany, you know, <laughs> uh, at a prison camp or something. But, um, yeah, so Nakateki has been removed um, pending an investigation. And uh, what do you foresee for the future? Do you think she'll be... Um, fired or taken off her job or will she be sustained it seems to me that eventually she will just be completely fired there will be nothing left to uh i guess yield from her reputation like she's been pretty ruined in the eyes of the students already so i don't see her coming back in any position as powerful as she was before and she seems to have misused her power in a lot of ways because you know aside from that you see davis students are paying a lot of money and it's not fair that things are sometimes mishandled or misused when we don't even get to vote on it or talk about it or any of these things you know Okay, and um, uh, an issue that's really front and center now is um, campus security, especially for women. How, where did Kateki come down on that issue? Campus security. Well, from what I understand, in terms of campus security for women, um, we have this thing at UC Davis called Tap Ride which, or it's called Aggie Safe Ride through an application on your phone called Tap Ride. And it helps to pick up women um, or young women who are walking from class to home and takes them different places. She did fund that and different, there are different programs that she's helped with campus security, but um, in terms of like sexual assault and things like that, her, administration or whatever it's called in the past has mainly not made the best choices that are for the survivor um, and probably are just more for the campus's reputation as we have seen in Berkeley and other places. Okay, so that's, um, Vita, you got anything else, Vita? No, I'm good for now. Okay, thank you so much just for coming to on share the that. show. Thank you keeps uh, people who are <clears throat> out in the community involved and aware of what's going on at uh, your universities. These are publicly funded universities now. Okay, so today is one of those uh, sad anniversaries the 2013 Savar building collapse or Rana Plaza collapse was a structural failure that ended with the death of 1,130 people. Approximately 2,500 injured people were rescued from the building alive. It is considered 
the deadliest garment factory accident in history, outstripping the triangle shirtwaist disaster, the deadliest accidental structure failure, structural failure in modern human history. The building contained clothing factories, a bank, apartments, and several shops. The shops of the bank on the lower floors immediately closed after cracks were discovered in the building. <clears throat> the building's owners ignored warnings to avoid using the building after cracks had appeared the day before. Garment workers were ordered to return to work the following day, and the building collapsed during the morning rush hour. building is owned by Sohil Rana, allegedly a leading member of the local Jubo League. Factories manufactured apparel for brands including Benetton, Bon Marché, The Children's Place, El Corte Inglés, Joe Fresh, Monsoon, Walmart, Primark, Matalan, Mango, Head of the Bangladesh Fire Department and Service Civil Service Department, Ali Ahmed Khan, said that the upper four floors, floors had been built without a permit. The architect said that the building was planned for shops and offices, but not factories. <clears throat> so. As we always say, this show is dedicated to the 3,500 people who will die today from labor-related accidents or conditions related to their jobs. In the United States, some 250 will die. This show is for you. And... On this day in 1937, April 26th, that, that is, the ancient Basque city of Guernica was bombed and largely obliterated by the German and Italian air forces at the behest of the Spanish nationalists. This was during the Civil War in Spain. <clears throat> and... Uh, the fascist air forces, in order to practice in what they de they seemed to uh, understand was preparation for the next war, um, carpet bombed this little town in Spain, and uh, killed everything, basically. Famous painting by Pablo Picasso. It's called Guernica, and in it, Picasso, by tearing everything apart into pieces, he tries to show how the town was obliterated and pieces of things are flying all around, screaming people, screaming animals. Uh, check it out. On this day in 1934, workers at the electric autolite plant in Toledo, Ohio, went on strike, kicking off what later became known as the Toledo Auto Light Strike. 
arguably one of the most important strikes in American labor history. Crucially, it involved mass support from unemployed workers. Finishing in early June, the strike would become famous for the five-day Battle of Toledo, in which 6,000 workers fought 1,300 National Guards people, leaving two workers dead and over 200 injured. And on this day, October 25, 1974, Portugal's fascist dictatorship was overflown by a military coup, which was then followed by a working-class uprising. Urban workers took over their factories and farm workers took over their farms in what would become known as the Carnation Revolution. As few shots were fired and people adorned troops with carnations. Okay, it's uh, about quarter till now. Time to uh, wrap it up and say goodbye. <clears throat> this is Mutiny Radio you're listening to. Coming right up is Flat Black Plastic with Scott Walker. And we've got about five minutes uh, working class history. Let's do one more. On this day, April 11th in 1981 in London, after a young black man died in police custody, Brixton's youth, both black and white, turned their anger on police, leaving 280 injured in what would be one of the iconic urban riots of the Thatcher years. Okay, mutineers out there, this is... Labor Radio, Labor and Love, we remind you that uh, if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. And we remind you also that if you don't have a seat at the negotiating table, you're probably on the menu. And finally, never, but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. I'd like to say call-outs to my soulmate, Sylvia Ramirez, my daughter, Vita, who makes me prouder to be a dad every day. All you people out there who are interested in labor history, the family. Oh, yes. Christos Enesti. To all those people who follow the Greek Orthodox faith, Christos Anesti, this Sunday is Easter Sunday. You see a Greek, you say Christos Anesti, Christ is risen. And they are to answer you with Alithnos Anesti, He is risen indeed. Okay, let's. Go here with the International, Kerry Miraji. This is Labor and Love signing off. Wishing you a good week and good work. This is the B.
It's June. It's time for MutinyRadio.fm's June 3000 in 30 fundraiser. Every June we take all 30 days and we try to raise money to keep the doors open and keep free speech alive here at MutinyRadio.fm. How can you help? You can come to one of our 24 events over the next 30 days. Or you can go to our GoFundMe, 3030, and you can pledge online. We need your money. Why? Because we're trying to make this world a better place. Also, trying to do that through free speech. And what do we need? We need microphones, XLR cables, mic stands. The entropy here at 278 121st Street is great. Lots of people using the equipment here at Mutiny Radio FM, and we need new stuff. What else do we need? We need some technical help, because tech is not free in this city. Hey, if you're a tech person and you want to give us some of your time, please do that. But we know that you won't ever do it for free. So we're going to raise money so that we can fix our technical issues here, making free speech radio via the Internet more and more better for your ear holes. Thank you guys for supporting us. And we'll see you during the June 3030 fundraiser. The Boys and Girls Club Mission Clubhouse has been open since 1928, helping raise the youth of our community with... Arts. Community cleanup. Art. Technological skills. Education. And free meals. Their brand new gym helps keep our kids in positive productivity after school activities. And their art studio fosters creativity. Visit them at bgcsf.org for more details or to donate. Alex, Ed, can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex... The food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby! There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good! Because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4AltaCalifornia.com. That's 4AltaCalifornia.com. For a non-addictive, pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4, AltaCalifornia.com. Stand every Sunday at 1 p.m. Parking Ninos Unidos at 23rd and Folsom. The free farm stand and all volunteer run project of the No Penny Opera. It's about sharing the wealth of urban farms and gardens. Making 
helping making local growth fresh and nutrients organic produce accessible to all especially those in individuals or low incomes or tight budgets the free farm stand grows food in San Francisco and distributes its it for free we act as a gathered place in mission to encourage community growth and involvement this effort resolved most around gathering surplus foods from neighborhood gardens various farmer markets community gardens public and private fruit trees and hosting a space where this bounty can be shared with all we also work with produce to the people who harvest organic fruits from backyard fruit trees and public spaces and bring it out to our free farm stand for more information or if you want to help or if you have or know of a fruit tree that needs picking you can contact lauren with at produce to the people at produce to the people at gmail.com supports the endeavors of True Hustle Entertainment, another Bay Area artist collective providing comedy to the Bay Area since 2012. Every second Friday at 6 p.m., enjoy good times in the grotto. And every fourth Friday at 6 p.m., savor the PM show with Juan Medina, both offering free comedy, music, and beer at the Sports Basement, located on 1590 Bryant Street. Every last Wednesday in the Castro Valley at 8 p.m., make your way to the comedy a go-go at Spanky's Bar, located at 20812 Baker Road. Also in SF, every Wednesday at 8 p.m., check out Brainwash, 1122 Folsom Street, for the Hella Hustle Showcase. For information regarding any and all these events, visit TrueHustleEntertainment.com, where the truth is always in the hustle. The stranger staves off the evil and stale with the fresh and weird on The Stranger in a Strange Land, right here on Mutiny Radio.fm. For the oddest topics, most multifarious tunes, and freshly lacquered commentary, check out The Stranger in a Strange Land, Saturdays, midnight to two. For interviews involving all your eclectic esoterica, Write to the stranger at earthling.net. For general mutiny news coverage, send your aggregated articles, accomplishments, muckraking investigations, and fluffy public interest pieces to news at mutinyradio.fm. We're always looking for writers and contributions. And check out our progressive news links at mutinyradio.fm. So tune in to Stranger in a Strange Land. Saturdays, midnight to 2 a.m. 
man, do you miss a Mutiny Radio show from your favorite DJ? Did you find out about a guest interviewed on Mutiny Radio a day too late? Are you wishing that you had a time-traveling DeLorean to listen to those shows again? Don't you fret. Simply go to mutinyradio.fm and listen to our podcast. Yes, it's that easy. Click on the podcast button and find your favorite show. Heck, click a variety of podcasts for a sample of all of our great programming here at Mutiny Radio. And don't forget to listen to us live on iTunes Radio under the Eclectic section. The House of Pride radio show, LGBT radio for everyone. Funky interviews, funky beats, talking drag queens, and much, much more. It's LGBT radio for everyone. Listen live every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio, LGBT radio for everyone. Celebrating the considerable contributions of the LGBT community in San Francisco and beyond. Every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Listen here for hot new local beats by LGBT artists and listen to live interviews. Tune in, turn on every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio with drag queen personalities, Tweeka Turner and Pearl T. Join us every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, bringing you the best of San Francisco's underground comedy.